and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Hello, friends. Tim McCallum, Jesse Rubinoff, killing time between games and draws at the Co-op Canadian Open. Jesse, for those enthralled with draw 10, stick around. Not only is draw 11 coming your way mm. in about an hour's time on Sportsnet, Ontario and East, but we are giving away a Team Dunstone signed jersey. That's right, kids. All you've got to do to win this lovely jersey is a little roll call on Twitter. Head to the old Twitter machine. Don't get distracted by the algorithm attempting to divide us all. Instead, just send a tweet where in the text at some point it says hashtag TFCurl. That's the number sign with TFCurl, Tim and Friends Curl, behind it. And we will put all of those hashtags and their handles into some sort of box some sort of hat, depending on how many we get. Probably a really big hat, like a Burt Reynolds on Celebrity Jeopardy type hat. That's a really big hat, and we'll draw one out. And you could walk away with a Team Dunstone jersey. And I want to thank the homies Matt Dunstone, uh, BJ Newfeld, Colton Watt, uh, Ryan Harden for hooking us up and wish them the best of luck. By the way, already just take draw 10, took care of Team Epping, 8-5. So the boys already feeling the Tim and Fence yes. bump. Apparently, um, do you? Is that still how we figure out random draws by picking things out of a hat? I thought you can like plug stuff in now. The, the speaking of algorithms, the algorithm will spit out a random name, and it's just yeah. But would you way. would you rather type all those names into some sort of algorithm, or just print out all of the ones that say team or hashtag TNF curl, and then just pull one out? Well, you know, put in the work. Sometimes you got to put in the work. If you want to do that, you, yeah. you can do it. But sure. I think that to draw lots is one of the oldest things that you could possibly do. You're trying to modernize it. I, I, listen, if you want to do it, go ahead. You, know, you are right, because technology is supposed to make things more efficient, and yeah. that doesn't seem like it's more efficient. So, yeah. Yeah. And if that's not enough the to there. keep the folks around, the, mm. the, they can win a Dunstone team signed jersey, Connor McDavid. You may have heard of the kid, got a bright future. That guy, <laughs> that captain of the Edmonton Oilers is joining me in the next 15 to 20 minutes fresh off a dominant performance in Anaheim's talk all-star game and another great contest with Rogers moments, maybe a little bit about his socks. Yeah, that feels like that needs to be addressed. Addressed. Even though he addressed it on After Hours with Scott Oak and Louis DeBrusque? It's worth asking twice. Yeah. There are some little piggies hanging out. We need out of some those clarity. Socks. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we just right. need some clarity. Right. Understood. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Justin, we can agree on that one, right? Yeah. yeah, no. Previous one, I don't know if I'm down. That's fine. But no, if you're I doing the, the work, I took the L. I took the L. On you that. That, was, that was a dumb idea. Yeah. All right. And second one, we agreed on. Yeah. There you go. Love All right. It. Justin Bourne, Brandon Stokely <laughs> will also stop by. I'm uh, not sure we'll talk about socks with them, but whatever. Uh, we'll break down a busy night in the NHL with the other six Canadian teams, not named Edmonton, on the ice tonight. And. Uh, the thing the NFL wants us to call Super Wild Card Weekend, Confusing. but we all kind of sort of know it's just Wild Card Weekend mm -hmm. coming down the pike. We will talk about that with Brandon Stokes. Three Super Bowls, three different teams. Maybe we can talk to him about a common thread weaved through those teams. He knows a thing or two about Yeah, he might know. W's. And again, Twitter.com, hashtag TFCurl, Connor McDavid coming up. I hope you'll stick around 
actually get paid to do this and those rating points when you stick around help Jesse, they help me, they help the crew and stuff. So please do us a favor, hang around and in return, some solid sports entertainment for your viewing pleasure, starting with a little thing we call First Things First with Jesse Rubinoff that always starts with a rhyme and a sporting name in an attempt to make people smile. So what's in the queue, Brad Gushu? Oh, very good. Very good. My, it's my favorite when you, when you, when usually you do. You have a couple old reliables, but also when you make it very topical, yeah, the, like today, the times when extra I'm, points. When it's you. not topical, it's either there's too many topics and I don't want to pick one. There's a lot going on. Or You're busy. I'm just old, tired, and can't yeah. think. Yeah. Fair enough. One Fair enough. Yeah. All right, let's begin with the Toronto Maple Leafs here on First Things First. They'll play the second of back-to-backs tonight against the Wings in Detroit. Last night, they beat the Predators 2-1 without Austin Matthews, who sat out with an undisclosed injury. Sheldon Keefe said Matthews will be a game-time decision tonight, but that's about all he was willing to say. You said it before it was something lingering. Do you think it was affecting his shooting at all? I'm not going to answer any questions uh, about any of that kind of stuff. Huh? Wait, wait a second. That's like the that best player you? on your team. Yeah. Like... Game time decision, not answering it. I, I, I mean, we know what they're doing. We understand what they're doing. We kind of sort of get what they're doing. But that is, like, if you're going to make deals with gambling companies and you're not going to, like, that might affect the puck line today a little bit. Just, just a little bit, you yeah. think. Like, I, I, I mean, he's allowed, he's allowed to do of course, that. He's yeah. not going to get fined. But it's, it's rare to see a coach. In the, in the NHL? Well, usually I know it's lower body, upper. They're, like, historically very cryptic. But, I mean, do you read a lot into this? Because he's practicing. It's not like he's not practicing. This is, I'm not. going back to sick league stuff. I'm going back to chest out. Hockey guys are tough. This is load management if he plays tonight. And they're trying to act like it's not load management because they know the sick guys will rip the American hockey player for taking load management. When we all know, even though... Ken Reed came in here and gave a diatribe about what the fans are owed when they pay their money to go watch the games and things of the sort. We all know that this kind of sort of could help the Toronto Maple Leafs, especially how much they lean on their core four. Looked pretty good last night. Well, yeah, especially considering how they're able to win without Matthews, a pretty impressive record without Austin Matthews. Yeah, like I get that the forwards numbers go up without Austin Matthews. That kind of sort of makes some sense. But what you're talking about is that their points percentage also goes up. Yeah, yeah. Like they somehow they're better, which doesn't make a lot of sense. And I don't think we should read too much into that. But two guys that you would think that in Matthews' absence need to step up, William Nylander, Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner scores last night. William Nylander, two primary assists. So those guys Great just continuing to from, get it done. From oh. Big Willie. Oh. Great feed. Nasty. I know he tapped the stick like he was an atom, yeah. but uh, that was a great feed from Nylander. Comes from Tavares behind the net. Willie's going to shoot. No. Hold on. And there's Mitch Marner gaping cage. Hey, uh, Nick Kiprios wrote a column uh, in the Star today about what Jake Muzzin is doing right now yeah. and how he's helping out the team and how he's kind of sort of become a coach, and it made it feel like he's not playing this year. Mm-hmm. And if he's not playing this year, then they've got over $5 million in cap space that they can spend. And all I could think of while they were talking about all the great things that Jake Muzzin is doing, and I, I love Jake Muzzin, I think he's a great player, and I, and I hope him nothing but the best, yeah. but all I could think about was, do the Leafs need a D-man or a forward with that $5 million in cap space? Because they are going to spend, they have to spend it, given what they're, lo- given what they're looking at in the playoffs. 
Yeah, well, the, the crazy thing is, is I think earlier in the year you would have said a defenseman for sure, for right? Sure. That, that would have been the answer. But looking at how Sandine and Lilligren have played, not enough is being made of that. Like the, last night, they were again probably the two best defensemen on the ice for the Leafs. And so the need for a defenseman is probably still there because you would never have enough of them. Two, it's not a dire as it was. Two best or two most noticeable? Like sometimes I feel like defensemen that aren't noticeable because they just do their job get lost in the mix. I think Mark Giordano is one of those guys. And yeah. There's like, I just, anyways, I, I still think it's a defenseman. Yeah. You can never have enough, right? And especially in a, in a postseason where those guys tend to bear the brunt of the physicality. You would need more. It's crazy to think that the Leafs are going to have $5 million. I mean, that could be yeah, that's Ryan O'Reilly if they want. That's a massive swing from all the talk coming into the year about where they were up against the cap. How do you Trying make the team Trying to find better? a million-dollar player and I all mean, that stuff. It's a break. Obviously, you don't want Jake Muzzin to, no. to have this situation, but it is a break for Kyle Dubas, no question about it. Okay, the Oilers, as we shift gears here, got a much-needed win in Anaheim last night, beating the Ducks 6-2. Connor McDavid scored his 35th goal of the season, and Clem Costin had two goals. It's been a tough stretch for the Oilers, and it was only the Ducks... Not really an asterisk, but you know what I mean. Is that the type of win they can build on? I know on? what you mean. It yeah. is an asterisk. What are you talking about here? Yeah, it's still an NHL back. It's still an NHL With only the Ducks. Yeah, I, I was, I'm going to ask Connor McDavid, who is going to join me in about five minutes' time, five to ten minutes' time here. I will ask him about that. And I get that it's just the Ducks, but it's also just the Ducks team that they did the exact same thing to and lost. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. long ago. Mm-hmm completely outshot them, completely dominated and lost. This time, it was the complete opposite. They built the lead, they cruised. Uh, Connor McDavid scored another beauty. Your boy, Clem Costin, who is turning into future Hall of Famer, Clem Costin. Oh, oh, goodness. Is that what we're doing? No, no, we're I think we're retiring Barnes? that after yeah. what's going on with Scotty this year. So. <laughs> you mushed Scotty yeah, Barnes, mushed Scotty. so we won't do it to, <laughs> to Clem Costin. And all those great Clem nicknames, I feel like they go out the window Cause it's now because it's Clem. Unless yeah. we go with Mr. Clem. Mr. Clem's very good. Is it like very really, good or is really, like because really I'm good. bald? No, no, no. It's very good. If they do this, I'm not even going to say against San Jose. If they do this Saturday against Vegas, I'm down. You've got to get the wins. Obviously, we've seen, and Connor McDavid said it as much yesterday, mm-hmm. we've seen every other team around them go on a little bit of a run. Mm-hmm. Right? St. Louis has gone on a little bit of a run. Nashville's gone on a little bit of a run. We expect Colorado to go on a little bit of a run. they got to do the same thing. And they got to take advantage of their division. They did that last night. Full stop. Two points. Look good. Uh, speaking of runs, you said yesterday that you think Jack Campbell has a run in him. Yeah, and that might be the building block. Is that, is that the start of something, perhaps, for him? You never know with goalies. It's fickle, obviously. Yeah, it's very fickle. But if it, you could figure that out, you'd be a very rich man. Yeah. Right? Well, like, which yeah. goalie to ride when? You would be a very, very rich man. Uh, he played well. He didn't have a ton of shots on goal. But that could be a confidence builder. Get a few behind him. And you may see him go on the type of run that we have seen him go on before. If you do, you don't have to worry about the playoffs in Edmonton. Connor McDavid coming up in about Connor McDavid. Pretty cool. Captain. Pretty cool. Uh, okay, let's go to basketball now where the Toronto Raptors host the Charlotte Hornets. CLT tonight in the second game of their two-game miniseries. The Raps won the first game, 132-120 on Tuesday, but they have yet to sweep one of these two-game series that the NBA introduced. So what's the key for them to get it done tonight? 
irons are pretty much good. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but since uh, December 3rd, the Hornets are an NBA worst. Four and 16. If the Raptors can't complete this mini game, mini two games here, you might as well start the deals. Start the deals right now. I'm sorry, that jersey's got to go, especially with CLT. <laughs> the airport code for Charlotte. <laughs> is that what it is? I, the airport I was very code? confused yesterday. What do, what do you mean you were very confused? It's Charlotte. I know, but it's always been C H A, and that's historically been their their oh, code, short right? Form, right? Their short form, their tri code, as they say in the, I don't know airline industry, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, I was like, what is C L T? It doesn't make any sense. It's one of those city edition things. It doesn't make sense. I looked it up. It is the airport code. It's a for very Charlotte. dangerous airport. sweater, is what it is. It's a very dangerous jersey. Confusing. I don't know why they're wearing it, and they should outlaw it with Lamelo Ball. <laughs> but that's just another story for another day. The thing that I'm watching mm-hmm. for the Toronto Raptors, besides the fact that they should get a win against a four and sixteen team since uh, December third, which is worst. In the NBA, I wrote it down in my yeah, notes really there. I circled yeah. it and I exclamation pointed that. Um, the point that I'm making here is I want to see the Raptors play some defense. Even in that first game, they allowed Charlotte to shoot over 50% from the floor. Mm-hmm. If you are counting on the year, Toronto is now allowed, uh, or in, in 20, excuse me, 19 games this year, they have allowed their opponents to shoot 50% or better from the floor. This is third worst in the NBA. The only two teams worse are the San Antonio Spurs and the Detroit Pistons, and those two teams suck. You cannot win in the NBA without playing defense. That has been this team's hallmark. If they do, if Charlotte, and listen, Charlotte is a talented offensive squad. That's what Steve Clifford is yelling about, the head coach of this squad. I don't know if you've seen him berate this squad for not committing to defense, but that's what made the Raptors deep. Different mm-hmm. was their defense, their commitment to defense, and their commitment to making you work every bleep game, bleeping. Yeah. every bleepity bleep <laughs> game. Yeah, and and they haven't been doing that, as evidenced by that stat. Like that's crazy to me that they have allowed their opponents 19 times this year to mm-hmm. shoot over 50 percent, and that the only two teams worse than them are the Spurs and the Pistons. How much of that do you think um, factors into the schedule being? difficult the reality is they had a top five hard schedule in the league no and I'm just saying over over time these things tend to sort of normalize a little bit when you your schedule gets more towards the middle of the league which is going to in the second half here and they don't have to be great to get into the play-in which is really interesting like what 26 and 15 something like that is going to get the job done and I feel like if to your point if the defense gets under control here that's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just, is that the best direction for the organization moving forward? But what, yeah, that, where you're going and what you're doing has to be in the back of your mind. Yeah. And you are not winning in the postseason when you can't defend. Yeah, That's where it changes. And if you're allowing 19 of your games where the opponent shoots 50% or better, you're not winning you're not gonna win. in the postseason. No. And so that number's got to change for me for me to ever take them serious. Yeah, especially in this league when teams throw up 33s a game or 25 Well, and especially this team. A lot of points are given Because out. they're not a great offensive yeah. team. Yeah. So they've got to play defense or hit 23s like they did in game one of this mini two-game series. We'll see how it shakes down against Charlotte tonight. Uh, more wraps coming up in game time. But for now, let's go to the UFC. President Dana White spoke yesterday at a news conference for UFC Fight Night 217, and he had addressed the controversy surrounding a video of him exchanging slaps with his wife on New Year's Eve. White took responsibility for his actions, but said he does not expect any punishment 
from the UFC. What should the repercussions be? You tell me. I take 30 days off. How, how does that hurt me? I mean, I told you guys when we were going through COVID, COVID could last 10 years. I could set it out and, you know what I mean? What, what, what would be the problem? The only, it's, it's much like COVID actually, you know, the, uh, me leaving hurts the company, hurts my employees, hurts the fighters. Doesn't hurt me. I could have left in 2016. You know what I mean? I don't know. What's the, do, do I need to reflect? No, I don't need to reflect. The next morning when I woke up, you know what I mean? I, I, I've been against this. I've owned this. I'm telling you that I'm wrong. And, um, but listen, I mean, I've had, we've had plenty of discussions internally with Ari, ESPN. Nobody's happy. Nobody's happy about this, you know? Neither am I. Um, but it happened. And, and, and I have to deal with it. And, and what is my punishment? Here's my punishment. I got to walk around for however long I live. Is it 10.4 years or is it another 25 years? And I got to, and I, and I got to, this is, this is how I'm labeled now. Just arrogance to me is what that looks like. Yeah, without a doubt. That's basically it. I mean, the question is, why does Dana White get to decide his own punishment yeah. or lack thereof? I mean, that's the road that you got to walk on this one. And for me, it's, it's simple. Like, it's really simple. And there are those that will make it nuanced, including, as you saw, Dana himself, who said, like, the 30-day suspension to him, nothing hurts the fighters. He also said, to his credit, uh, not just there, but in other clips, that he could never defend this and anyone who was defending it should stop. But also... What would never happen is that if this video came out surrounding any other commissioner slash any other sports figures, they wouldn't be selling their sport at a news conference. Like, the rich and powerful escaping accountability is as old as time. I get it. I see the hypocrisy every day. And you can point to the other direction and make fair points about almost anything. This ain't one. Mm -hmm. This one's simple. You bleeped up really bad you don't get to dance around your own accountability like that's what we're seeing here right mm. is someone dancing around their own accountability if you really think it's wrong it should hurt people like that's the point of being held accountable if the punishment does nothing to you then it needs to do something to the folks that you love like listen I have a history of holding Dana accountable, albeit on much different stuff than laying hands on a woman, let alone laying hands on a woman that you love. The accountability should be no different, though. Like, step away. That's it. You aren't allowed to do what you love. But he, like many, loves the attention any kind and just won't do it. Like, he, he should be worrying about how to bounce back from this. And he's not. And that's a shame in of itself. I think he thinks he's being a man by standing up to it. Be a good man. Don't be a man. Be a good man. And hold yourself to the same standard that you would hold your fighters to. This one's easy to almost everyone else but Dana. So, yeah, I'm with you. It feels arrogant, and it feels like he thinks of himself above the law, but he certainly isn't the first. Yeah, there's no question. Well said. All right, still to come. Uh, Brandon Stokely. 
helps us set up Wild Card Week in the National Football League. We'll switch gears, have some fun. Justin Bourne stopping by. He'll help us get set up on a busy night in the NHL. Six Canadian teams in action. John Tortorella back at it again. We'll discuss that with our friend Bourne. And after the break, we're joined by the captain of the Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid, a night after another highlight real goal as he continues on a torrid pace halfway through the season. Connor McDavid will line him up and get him ready for you next right here on Twitter. Watching you guys talk about this. We want to prove, prove you guys wrong. Barnes. Oh, put it on the poster, Scotty B. Oh, what a surprise. Another special season by Connor McDavid just doing all sorts of wonderful things. A generational player, the best player in the world. Here he comes, McDavid shoots, top shelf, he scores! That's what makes him the most electrifying player in hockey, is you never know when he's going to do something sensational. McDavid, beautiful drag move to the net, scores! Hat-trick, Connor McDavid! Oh boy, that is a ridiculous goal by Connor McDavid. He's the first Oilers since Gretzky in 1986 to score 30 before Christmas. The fastest guy to 70 points since Lemieux and Yager in 95-96. The numbers are just mind-boggling. He leads in goals, assists, points. Now McDavid breaks loose. Little spin move on his backhand. Scores! Sensational goal for the captain, Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid doing what Connor McDavid does. Oilers coming off a pretty impressive 6-2 win in Anaheim. Connor McDavid, another lovely marker as he tries to keep pace with Clem Costin. Captain Cotter now joins us from the road. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for uh, sticking around the hotel room for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, any, anytime. A couple more points for both you and the team last night. Um, Jesse asked me in the opening segment if this is something you guys can build on. I said I would just ask the captain. So is this something you can build on? Yeah, obviously that's the focus. You know, our team continues to search for uh, consistency. Um, you know, it's something that uh, that we've kind of struggled with uh, throughout the course of the first half for whatever reason. And as we move into the second half, uh, we need to string some together. Um, that's just the, the the nature of it. So um, obviously a big win last night and, uh, and another chance for one uh, tomorrow night. I know you're a team guy, which is why I always ask team first. Um, and I'm not sure if you get any feedback or if there are platforms that provide you with any feedback. But your goal last night, um, I asked sarcastically, have you heard that a lot of people enjoy this goal? <laughs> um, you know, I try to stay off of social media and stuff like that. But I've heard uh, I've heard that uh, it's going over well. So uh, <laughs> well, hold on a second here. So like when we were all kids and you can agree, like when you were in Erie and you first started getting on TV, you would watch these goals back. Would you not? 
Uh, a little bit here and yeah. there, but I try to keep it even keel. You know, it was uh, nice. It was a nice one. Um, you know, but uh, uh, on to the next here. Now I know why I'm not even keel because I would have celebrated the hell <laughs> that one. Listen, I've laughed a couple times about you being on pace for I think now it's 67 goals and 150 or so points. Do you think that this is the best that you've ever played in the regular season? Um, I certainly feel good about my game. Um, you know, I've uh, and I've been consistent personally um, throughout the, the the first half, and um, for whatever reason. Um, Usually the, the December months and kind of early January have always been a time where I struggle a little bit and I've managed to, uh, to, to kind of plow through that. So, um, you know, certainly looking forward to, uh, to the second half here. Is there something different you did to, to kind of get through the doldrums that can kind of hit in, in December and January? Well, no, not really. Not really. You know, obviously it was, it was a bit of a focus for me, um, you know, something that I, I pointed out to myself kind of uh, – in the summer that, you know, there's always kind of a dip in, in, in December and, you know, at this point of the season. So um, just trying to uh, get yourself going, keep yourself uh, motivated and, uh, and and show up each and every night. Well, I can see it. And because of the numbers, among other things, you are headed back to the All-Star Game. And Rogers Moments has been giving sports and entertainment fans the chance at some exclusive, exclusive ex- experiences. Easy for me to say. Exclusive experiences all year long. And the latest is an opportunity to win a trip to the 2023 NHL All-Star Weekend in Florida. Sounds like a pretty good deal. All folks got to do is log on to rogers.com slash NHL All-Star. I'm guessing that you're expecting that Leon Drysaddle will make the trip with you? Well, well if he doesn't, then uh, then there's a problem in the system for sure. Um, you know, he certainly deserves to be there. Um, you know, I'm sure the fans will will, will vote him in. Um, but, you know, if there's no All-Star game without Leon Drysaddle there, I'm not sure uh, it, it really truly is an All-Star game. So um, I would expect uh, I would expect him to be there. I certainly hope he's there. We have plans to, uh, to spend the bye week together. So I'm not... Uh, I'm hoping that uh, that it works out. It kind of sort of feels like, and listen, I'm right there with you on this with Dry Saddle. It also feels though that like RNH deserves a trip. He's got. I did the math before uh, the show. I'm not really good at the math. Is almost as good as I am at saying exclusive experiences. But I did the math on this one. More points than anyone on the Pacific team so far, save for you and Eric Carlson. And listen, I know it's a pinch. And I think your team so far, the Pacific team at the game, uh, might need more than one defenseman. But but what are your thoughts on the way Nuge has played this year? Nuge has been uh, Nuge has been fantastic for us, um, you know. And he just uh, he's just steady Eddie and, and shows up every year and um, and delivers. You know, some some years it goes in more than others, and obviously this year uh, he's, he's having one of those years, but. You know, it's his play kind of all over the rink, um, you know, defensively on the penalty kill, uh, on the power play. He touches he touches all aspects of our game. So he's a huge part of it, and, and he's having a great year, and uh, we're all happy for him. Now that I think of it, do you need more than one D-man three-on-three in an All-Star game? <laughs> I would think I would think so. But Probably. If you're going to leave Nuge and, and Leo off the off the team, then uh, then we'll, uh, we'll we'll make do with one D-man. We'll have to revisit, no, no doubt. Hey, listen, um, speaking of three-on-three, three, I got to ask you, I've been pushing this, let's go three-on-three three for 10 minutes, no shootout. Uh, I'm not the commissioner. I won't be the commissioner in the near future. I would just love to ask uh, one of the better players on planet Earth what he thinks about going 10 minutes three-on-three three instead of the shootout. 
Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. Um, I'd like that. Um, I think the shootout, um, you know, no one loves the shootout. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a crappy way to, to finish a game. But, you know, at the end of the day, also, it's about the, the player's health and safety. You know, it's a long season. Right. Um, you know, the, the overtime, it, it, it taxes a lot of guys. So, you know, making that longer could, uh, could have some effects there. But, you know, I agree with you in the sense that, uh, you know, no one wants to see the game end in a shootout. Yeah, that's interesting. I never really thought. I mean, 10 more minutes for you guys, five more minutes in the end for you guys if it's not decided uh, could tax. And we might need a shot clock at that point because guys would be <laughs> ragging the puck and making sure that they, they keep possession. Hey, um, one of the other things that, that I, was, uh, I was thinking about over the last little while, and again, if you want to experience uh, the All-Star game like the pros, rogers.com slash NHL All-Star. I know you're a vet now, and, and this has become old hat to you, but I've talked to a bunch of dudes that have done the All-Star thing, and they all have like a moment or a guy that they met at the All-Star game that when they were young was just different to have, you know, kind of talked to you. Do you have that guy or that meeting where the kid in you is kind of pinching himself, standing there talking to someone at an all-star game? I think for me, it was, uh, it was kind of the, the, the first all-star game for me in LA. It was the hundredth, um, anniversary of the league. And they did like the, the, the top hundred players all of all right. time. So all the greats were there. Um, it was just a really, really special event, um, you know, kind of tied in with, you know, the history of our game with uh, as well as, as some of the, the younger talent that was there. Uh, also, it was a, a really special one. It was my first one, um, you know, and, you know, I was pinching myself the whole weekend, just, uh, you know, kind of realizing, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm part of that. And, um, you know, and they're, they're, they're really fun. I always enjoy them. And, uh, the Pacific has uh, has done pretty well, and we've uh, we've won a couple of uh, we won a couple of these things and and won some money along the way. So um, it's a it's a it's a fun event for sure. Nice. Uh, and again, Rogers.com slash NHL All Star. Uh, I got to be honest, the whole All Star thing got me thinking on best on best. Uh, I was watching Messi at the World Cup get kind of his flowers at the end of his career. And I was thinking, like, it sucks that, that we haven't seen McDavid and McKinnon and Crosby playing together on a Team Canada best on best. Uh, does it suck for you, too? Uh, it sucks for me pr- probably even more um, than, than um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it really means a lot to me to, to have that opportunity, um, you know, and, and we haven't had that opportunity in a long time. Especially for the guys that had to play on the on the on the under twenty three team, and right. it was fun. Don't get me wrong, and and we'll, and we'll always have that uh, that experience. But you know, nothing really beats playing for your country um, in a best on best. So um, I would certainly expect uh, the league uh, to figure something out uh, in the not too distant future. Um, otherwise, we're going to miss out on a uh, on a on a on a huge part of uh, you know. I guess history on our game. Um, yeah. With uh, with with uh, you know not playing any best on best tournaments in a decade, so um, you know we uh, we better figure something out quick here. Uh, I'm with you. I, I'm definitely with you. In fact, how about this? Um, the the one part of my job that I hate oftentimes, Connor, is the 82 one game schedule approach that some people have. For the job that I do like I try I try to have a bigger picture on it than breaking it down like every game means something like listen bleep happens game to game I know I know the last time we chatted 
uh, around the same time last year about the struggles that ended up costing Dave Tippett his job. And, and you took a lot of ownership. In fact, more than I expected, to be honest. Now, you guys aren't in the same spot this year, but I also think that you expected more out of yourselves halfway through the year. You mentioned consistency early on in this interview. Is that just what needs to be better in your eyes? Yeah. Um, you know, some nights we play real well um, and other nights we, we just don't have it. Um, you know, and it's it's uh, comes down to just mistakes, um, you know, individual mistakes. And, um, you know, those are those are costing us. So um, I think everybody has to be a little bit better. Uh, we got to eliminate the, the big mistake and um, and try to find a way to set some consistency as we uh, as we as we head towards the finish line here. The trade deadline is, is about a month and a smidge away. Last year, pretty quiet deadline for you guys. Do you need some help? It's not my job to uh, to uh, to answer that question. Um, you know, there's uh, there's uh, there's GMs and scouts, and you know, we we've got more guys uh, you know on, on staff than than uh, than you can count. So you know, that's that's what they get paid to do. And um, if they see something that uh, they see fit. Um, I'm sure they'll do something, but like I said, it's not my uh, it's not my job to to answer those types of questions. Control the things that you can control. Understood completely. Before I let you go, uh, I know sitting down with Scott Oak and Louie is above and beyond an after hours, and I apologize that we tweeted out the socks with some piggies sticking out <laughs> everywhere. Are you surprised the socks made as much headlines as they did? Uh, I knew they were going to get some attention. <laughs> yeah. uh, and. Uh, and media guys, you know, local media guys in Edmonton have been been hounding me to to talk about them for a long time, and I've kind of just been avoiding it. But um, yeah, I'm not sure what uh, what it is. They're uh, they seem to work. Um, they, yeah, they do. I've I've tried uh, so many different socks. It's not even funny, and and I keep coming back to those ones. So um, is it superstitious or like what, like do the boys chirp like? And you just say, listen. Just check the resume. Like we're good with these it's socks. Not, it's not a superstitious thing. I have no. the funny thing is I have a bunch of those socks that are all in the same state. So right. uh, <laughs> not, uh, it's not that it's one it's one specific sock. It's just the the brand of it. It just uh, for whatever reason it's what I like. Uh, feels good in my skate, and um, that's uh, that's what I go with. I, I was at the uh, CCM Hockey House recently with my little guy. And it was McDavid this, Matthews that. Uh, I even got socks as a lovely parting gift. When I can we get them to make some new ones with like the same quality? Is it the elasticity? Like what is it? Is it the warmth? Can we get them to make? Uh, I to be honest, I like the the grip of them. I like yeah. the the grip right. in my in my skate. Um, it uh, it seems to give me the most. Um, yeah, it seems to give me the most push. I guess if that makes any sense. It does make sense. And, and maybe, uh, since it is, I heard, your birthday tomorrow, we can get CCM to make you some socks again. Get you, get you suited and booted with the same kind of grip that you get from these ones. Uh, listen, have a great birthday tomorrow. I, I know the schedule is always busy. I'm coming to enjoy our yearly chats. I know the fans love hearing from you uh, because my ratings go up when you hop on. So thanks for this. Thanks for the ratings. And I will avoid any socket to San Jose references on the way out. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Anytime. Thank you. Uh, there is Connor McDavid, captain of the Edmonton Oilers here on Tim and Friends. And we ran the full gamut. I, uh, I appreciate him kind of sticking through all of that. I appreciate you going back to the Sox. We, we, we didn't know if you were going to fall through on that. 
because they'd already been addressed, but <laughs> grip. And he has multiple pairs of yeah. socks that are in that state, too, which yeah. is something that I'm that, not that's sure That's a re- revelation a yeah, little bit. That yeah, that is a revelation. Yeah. A lot of good stuff in there. Uh, I would be superstitious if I was putting up his numbers. Yeah. A little stitious? No, superstitious. Extremely superstitious. (laughs) By the way, Rogers Moments contests have been uh, going on for a long time here. They included a pass, the meet and greet with that dude. So once again, rogers.com slash all-star, NHL all-star, and other American experiences pop up all the time, sports, entertainment, uh, I mean, this is stuff that I can't get, that Jesse can't get. Definitely so not. bookmark rogersmoments.com on the old browser. Check in regularly. You never know what may pop up. All right, time for a quick break. When we come back, we are talking a little football. That's right, kids. Wild card weekend, super wild card weekend. Whatever you call it, we're talking it next with our friend from Bet Rivers, Brandon Stokely, who's won three, count them, three, Super Bowl titles with three different teams. Maybe he knows a little something about it. We'll do that next. Welcome back, friends. Six games on tap to kick off the NFL playoffs this weekend. Let's take a look at the odds. Powered by Bet Rivers. The Niners, nine and a half point favorites, fittingly. Over the Seahawks, Chargers up to two and a half point faves in Jacksonville. Sunday, Dolphins now nearly two touchdown underdogs in Buffalo with Tua out. Vikings field goal favorites against the Giants. The Bengals spread moving up as it seems unlikely. Lamar Jackson told you this yesterday, Jesse. Mm -hmm. This line was going to move, that there was value there as it appears as though Lamar Jackson's not going to play for the Ravens. And Monday, tight one is expected between the Cowboys and Bucks by many, though it really shouldn't be. It's a whole new game. Download the Bet Rivers online and casino app and sportsbook today. I've heard that you've got a little bit of an update as I, I saw your eyes kind of when tell you me Lamar something. Jackson, yeah, my, my eyes lit up. What's going on? Uh, he just tweeted from his own account about five minutes ago. Thank you everyone for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I'm in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade 2 sprain on the borderline of a strain 3. There was still inflammation surrounding my knee and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than wow. anything, but I give 100%. Can't give a 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we still have a chance. Okay, I'm going to bring Brandon Stokely into this conversation, our friend, wow. Bet Rivers ambassador, because there's a reason why he tweeted that out. Brandon Stokely, did we get a tweet from Lamar Jackson because there are those that are suggesting that he's not playing, protecting the bag that he's about to get? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think when you look at the situation, he didn't get paid. He wanted to get paid. And so who's taking all the risk here? It's not the Baltimore Ravens. It would be Lamar Jackson. So I think you look at the situation, you can put the clues together. Is he 100%? Is he 90%? Is he 85%? Um, and, uh, you know, can you blame him? Can you blame him? Because he's got a lot at stake here. And, and if you feel like the team doesn't have your back, then why are you going to go out there in such a pivotal moment in your life and have their back? So this is the fine line that you walk when you're negotiating these contracts with some of these big-time players and these big-time quarterbacks um, is, you know, if they get banged up, are they going to lay it on the line for you when it matters the most? Like, we're talking about, and, and I know that there are those out there right now going, come on, like, what are you talking about? He plays, he gets paid to play football. Like, if they franchise him, which is still available after the Roquan Smith deal, they could franchise him next year. 
And like we're talking about a difference of what, like a, at least a hundred million dollars guaranteed <laughs> if this guy got hurt versus if he just sat out and waited and signed a deal. That's a lot of money, isn't it? I mean, like, I mean, like yeah, I know twenty, thirty, forty million dollars is a lot of money, but think about one hundred and forty million dollars, right? Yeah. And think about what how you feel as a athlete, as a player. When you played so well for them, you feel like they don't, you know, you're not part of their future. Money talks. And if they're not ponying it up and they're not paying you what you think you deserve, um, then, you know, why are you going to go out there and lay it on the line uh, for them? So it's a tough situation. We'll see how it plays out. Will he get traded? Um, I think eventually that's what's going to happen here. I think eventually he gets traded. Hmm. Do you have a chance without him? No. No, no, zero. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> zero. And, and listen, when, when, when Brandon Stokely says something with confidence, we remember back to the Detroit Lions when he on this show told you that not only were they going to uh, give Minnesota a run for their money, but they were going to beat them outright. And lo and behold, they did. Listen, uh, the Miami Dolphins are in a similar situation. With Tua, you could see them maybe giving the Bills a game. Do, do they got a shot with Skylar Thompson against what seems like one of the favorites in the AFC? No, once again, no. Um, you know, Buffalo had a, uh, last week to kind of knock off their rust, and uh, they did a lot of good things. They took care of business. And, and now, you know, with Skylar Thompson, you, you just don't have a chance against that Bills team on the road. Um, so I, I like the Bills in this one uh, big. All right, so yesterday I was talking about how tough it is for first-year quarterbacks to win in the playoffs. What well, You won two different Super Bowls with two different teams. Why is it so difficult the first time you make the NFL, or why does it seem so difficult the first time you make the postseason, especially as a quarterback? You know, there's no room for error. Everyone is good. Uh, all these games are tight. And, you know, usually these guys, it comes down to the last three, four minutes and the pressure gets to them, right? They've not been in these types of situations before. And somehow, some way, the pressure gets to them and they're not able to make the plays that they were able to make in just a regular season football game. So everything's cranked up. It's a playoffs. It's win or go home. It's not a seven-game series in, in, in football, man. It's one game and that's it. And guys start to feel that pressure. Uh, one of the other pieces of news that we saw today was Derek Carr with a seemingly uh, saying goodbye to Las Vegas. Uh, the Jets, uh, I don't know if you think it's related, but say today that they don't mind spending yeah. money on the quarterback position. Is that a spot where you could see? De I mean, you see a lot of Derek Carr because you're in Denver, same division. Uh, could you see him helping the Jets? Absolutely. Yeah. Derek Carr's a really good quarterback. The Jets have a really good defense. Um, and, and, and their offensive line will be better. They'll get their running back back uh, next year. And so their running game will be uh, back to where it was early in the football season. They got some young, talented wide receivers. Why would you not want to go play for the Jets? I really like that football team for Derek Carr. You also look at the team like the Carolina Panthers could be a good destination for him also. So there'll be a lot of suitors for Derek Carr. He's a really good quarterback. All right, last one for you. I don't even know if we'll get there, but if the Chiefs and Bills play, we're going to Atlanta. I, I, I found it weird or maybe odd, not weird, but odd that you take two outdoor teams who play in colder weather climates and take them to Atlanta, but it feels like a bowl game. Are you okay with Atlanta? No. Yeah. I think it stinks. I mean, what are we doing? It doesn't. You're right. It's going to feel like a bowl game. Indoors, these teams are outdoor football teams. You know, bring it at least to a cold weather place. They should have just come over here to Denver. We are welcomed with with arms wide open. Uh, sort of been a great place to play. So 
I, no, I don't like the fact that they're going indoors and it's all cushy and and uh, easy. It, look, it's these are cold weather outdoor football uh, teams that uh, in, in the month of January it could be a little bit nasty. So put them in those types of elements. It's not happening. It, you know, the whole situation's just um, unorthodox this year. It is what it is. So right. it's a one-off. I don't love it, but hey. You know, and this is a Louisiana be- kid saying this, right? Like, you're you're no, you know, Northern or Wisconsin or Alaskan. Like, you're a Louisiana hey, boy saying this. Hey, and if I was on one of those football teams, I would absolutely love it. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. play in the cold. Yeah. I want to be in the dome. But yeah. as a fan, I want to watch them in the cold. Yeah, with your speed and your cutting ability, of course you want to be in the dome. Hey, thanks for doing this. Always great talking football with you. Thanks for having me back, Tim. Happy New Year to y'all. Yeah, you too. Uh, There is the lovely Brandon Stokely here on Tim and Friends. A reminder, one more time, we are giving away a Team Dunstone signed jersey because of the curling that is on the network over the weekend. The Co-op Canadian Open, all you have to do to get in on the action is go to Twitter Mm -hmm. and write hashtag TFCurl. That's the number sign and TFCurl, and you could end up with a Team Dunstone jersey. All right, here's the deal. Coming up after the break on Sportsnet Eastern Ontario, it is draw 11 from the Co-op Canadian Open in Camrose, Alberta. Rob Falls Company are standing by. As for us, we'll continue with our final half hour on Sportsnet West Pacific and 360. Back here another half an hour on Tim and Friends. Still to come, Justin Bourne joins us from the NHL on Sportsnet Studios ahead of a busy night on the ice, as does Dan Murphy in Tampa, Ryan Leslie in St. Louis. I almost said Ryan Lewis in St. Leslie, Mm. but I didn't. Makes sense. Still bleeped it up, so we'll move on. Ryan Lewis. In St. Leslie. <laughs> Flames are playing uh, the Blues for a second straight. Game see it. Sportsnet West, originally 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Looks like Dan Vladar will get the start in goal for Calgary tonight. Well, still no Jacob Peltier for the Flames as he awaits his NHL debut. Now, Calgary blew a 3 1 third period lead before falling in overtime on Tuesday night. There's things we feel like we need to be better at for sure. And um, I mean, they got uh, a really skilled top line that we need to do a better job against. Um, better special teams. And um, obviously, if you have a two goal lead in the third, you need to be able to hold that. It's a big game for us. Uh, they're right behind us in the standings. And uh, yeah, we lost twice from now. And it's time we get some revenge and beat them tonight. Um, it's going to be a. Exciting game. Uh, it always brings a little extra when you, like you said, play a team back to back. Especially if you lost, you want to come out and show that you're better. So, um, yeah, we're excited for the game. Uh, show some good in- intensity and energy. Ryan Lewis slash Leslie coming up in game time to talk about that. In Tampa, the Canucks try and bounce back from yet another ugly loss as they face the Lightning tonight after coughing up a 3 nothing lead in Pittsburgh on Tuesday. The Canucks now have blown. 10 multi-goal leads this season. 
and they have just 11 regulation wins. It gets no easier facing a team that has been to three straight Stanley Cup Finals. And there is a lineup shuffle for the Canucks tonight. With more on that, let's go live Tampa and Dan Murphy. Dan. Tim, hello. Yes, a lineup shuffle. You know, one of the things a head coach can do to hold his players accountable is take away ice time. And Bruce Boudreaux, he's done that a few times this year. He healthy scratched Andre Kuzmenko early on. That's not surprising, a first-year player. Then he did it to Connor Garland, a little more surprising. And then he was going to do it to Brock Besser on Hockey Fights Cancer Night, of course. But then Dakota Joshua got hurt in the morning skate, and Besser ultimately played. He hasn't touched one of his high-profile defensemen yet, uh, but he is going to do that this evening. At least that's the way it looked at morning skate. Oliver ekman Larson looked like the odd man out, and the head coach was asked about it after morning skate. OEL was a scratch tonight? Um, that's potentially true. Well, what are you not seeing? What might make you do it? We have to, you know, we have to scratch a couple players. I mean, uh, uh, I think he can be better, but I think there's a lot of guys that can be better uh, now. And so, I mean, I mean, it's about accountability. It's about a lot of things. So, um, you know, I mean, it's a, it's something you don't want to do. He's arguably our, our best defenseman, and but it's uh, sometimes you just uh, have to do what you think is the best thing for the team right at that moment. And uh, that that's uh, apparently where I am. Now, this is an interesting one, of course, because Ekman Larson is signed through 2027. He was not acquired by this current management group, but by Jim Benning. So uh, you get the feeling Ekman Larson will take this uh, well in terms of he's not going to, you know, really cause problems because of it. But uh, you could have picked any number of defense with this Canucks team because holding leads has been a problem. They haven't been able to do it. As you mentioned, 10 multi-global leads this year. Uh, they've blown, losing eight of those games. So it's been a struggle. They played two games on this road trip, scored four in Winnipeg, lost, scored four in Pittsburgh, lost. They cannot outscore their problems. This team's now lost four straight on the road after winning seven straight on the road. And they're taking on a Lightning team that's won uh, eight straight home games with a plus yeah. 21 goal differential. So the Canucks have a losing streak on the road. The Lightning have a winning streak at home. I'd say something has to give, but that would be factually incorrect. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be a difficult one for this Canucks team to get back on track here in this building against this team. But they had a day off yesterday, and they seemed somewhat refreshed today. Okay, the, the one thing, and listen, I, for better or for worse, Mr. Murphy, I follow Canucks Twitter online uh, rather religiously. And the clip that you just played was dissected left, right, and center on Canucks Twitter today. Arguably our best defenseman was the phrase that jumped out to a lot of people. I mean, like, it's been hard for the Canucks all around, but did that phrase stick out to you too? Yeah, I just think that probably uh, the head coach was trying to soften the blow a little bit there, even start with potentially it could be true he was going to be healthy scratch when we knew it was going to be true because Ekman Larson was out long after the morning skate kind of getting rinsed with the extra. So I think he was probably saying that to soften the blow on a, on a veteran that's played a lot of good games in this league and he was the one that was picked out of it. But like I said, you could have picked a number of guys to, to scratch uh, in this hockey game from the defense and it just happened to be Ekman Larson. Uh, I was surprised that maybe he didn't pick this weekend to do it because it's a back-to-back -back situation. You could hide it a little bit more. But let's face it, nobody should be immune from that on this team right now. They just have not been good enough. I uh, appreciate you powering through the music and doing this. Enjoy Tampa, bud. Oh, Tim, one more thing? Yep.
can you say hi to Ryan Lewis for me? <laughs> Anytime, buddy. Anytime. Live TV, I hate it. Thank you. There's Dan Murphy in Tampa Bay. And uh, we'll get to Ryan Lewis in game time coming up. He's in St. Leslie. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Leafs back playing back-to-backs. They'll face the Wings in Detroit tonight. Look to make it four wins in a row after beating the Preds last night in Toronto. Austin Matthews missed that game. Undisclosed injury. Here's what Sheldon Keefe had to say about Matthews' status for tonight. You said it before it was something lingering. Do you think it was affecting his shooting at all? I'm not going to answer any questions uh, about any of that kind of stuff. In Montreal, it is P.K. Subban night as the Habs honor their former star. Fittingly, as they face the Preds, Subban also spent a chunk of time after being traded. Earlier today, Habs rookie Arbor Jacki was asked about Subban's impact on the league. Yeah, obviously he was a he was a he was one of a kind guy, and he was he wasn't afraid to show it. So I think that's that was also big for the game, and that also allows us to show kind of who we are. In Buffalo, the Sabres are hosting the Jets. Connor Hellebuck gets the start as he tried to bounce back from a rough outing in Detroit last time out. Jets now three points back of the Stars first place in the Central. Sabres, meanwhile, continue their roller coaster. You can see it. They've lost two in a row. And at the Mullet Arena, the Coyotes host the Sens. No lineup changes for the Sens, who have lost two straight and enter the night nine points adrift of the final playoff spot with lots of teams to jump. The Coyotes are the Coyotes. They've lost six games in a row. Still want to go to Mullet Arena, though. I got a feeling that the, the intimacy of that arena... I don't like the angles, but the camera, by the way. Oh, no, that was, oh, that just gets shredded on every single. Every time you watch him, you're just like, let's bring Justin Bourne into the conversation. Yeah. He of uh, Kipper and Bourne fame. You can see it on uh, YouTube. You can uh, check him out on Sportsnet 590. The fan. Justin Bourne joins us now. What's up, Bourne? How are you, buddy? Yes, sir. I'm doing well. Thank you. Just applause from Jesse. Thanks. What's going yeah. on? I love it. Well, of course. Been a while. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're <laughs> not. Pod problem. I know you got a show every day. It, it, it gets tough. Um, let's ask about Mullet Arena to start. Like, if you were a fan, I feel like it would be a good arena to watch a game in. I don't know how good it is for the NHL overall, but selfishly, I feel like I want to watch a game there. Yeah, I'd like to watch a game. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the, how many people around the NHL world are like, I would love to watch one hockey game there. Too a little excessive. So, yeah, it's like a neat little thing right now. Uh, you know, I knew people in Calgary that used to fly down to Arizona when I was there because it was cheaper to get a ticket on the glass and yeah. watch the Flames play in Arizona. You know, so there's going to be a certain number of people who want to see, you know, the big superstars in the small building and kind of get a sense for really how talented they are. I get it. It's a one-off thing. But I heard you talking to Connor McDavid and talking about, you know, the gimmicky shootout and trying to make it more, you know, extend three-on-three. This is just another one of those cute little gimmicky things that the NHL has tried that probably is going to be pretty painful for a lot of people. And uh, we would all like to see them in a real arena before long. So you saw the Connor McDavid interview because I thought he gave us a lot in that yep. interview. In Unbelievable. It's the most I've ever heard him give in an interview. It was awesome. Oh. Yeah, it was. It was um, a lot of people rip him for being like the hockey robot, the guy that doesn't say a lot. But I mean, three on three overtime, he, he said he liked. And the best on best stuff, like... That was pretty strong. Um, I feel like maybe we should kind of follow up on that. Like, this has been a massive drop of the ball from the NHL, the PA, 
And to be frank, the, the double IHF and some of its circumstance, obviously COVID, all these things played into it. But like the fact that we haven't seen Crosby, McKinnon and McDavid play together is like, I don't want to use the word travesty because it's too much, but it's a joke. It is, and you know, seeing the World Juniors again and how exciting, excited everyone was, it like reminded you how special those tournaments can be. It feels even worse. It feels like we're not having one for an extra year because we don't want to look at the Russia situation. Right. You know, that's a, a shame to, to miss it for that reason. It, you know, one thing that I feel like the NHL does is they're like, well, what do we get out of it? And I can tell you what they would get out of it is national, or sorry, international attention on hockey. And so maybe it's not the NHL exclusively. Maybe you don't see direct dollars from it, but you can't tell me it's not good for the growth of the game, the interest from a lot of the countries, whether it is Slovakia or the Czechs who represented themselves very well uh, in that World Junior Tournament. I, I just think you create these iconic moments that people look back at and say, this is why I love hockey. I forgot why I love hockey. That reminded me why I love hockey. And they stick with the NHL because of it. The NHL, you know, just trying to get every drop out of it for themselves, to me, is missing the big picture, you know, focus on the game and, and keeping people invested in the sport they sell every day. Basically, every soccer league in the world just stopped for the World Cup. Stops. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's to me, it is such a lost opportunity. And I'm not just romanticizing the Crosby, McKinnon, McDavid thing, but I am kind of sort of really pissed off as a fan of the game that we've never got to see them play together. Yeah, and we have to do the whole thing. Like, do you remember Team America or whatever they were called? <laughs> Team, North Team North America. America yeah. You know, whatever that was, because it was so cool. There were moments there where, you know, the Matthews to Eichel, the connection of those young guys, you know, not getting to see your own country superstars create those moments, it's a shame. And, and Connor McDavid is, you know, it's a seven seasons in the NHL now, and I think that's part of the reason he's more comfortable, you know, giving his opinion in interviews like this, is he's been through it, and he is, so, you know, not a new guy in the league anymore. So, yeah, that, that we've missed this much of his career, that Crosby is, I mean, he's not in the twilight, he's still fantastic, but if we miss McDavid and Crosby on the same team, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> yes. All right, so uh, let's go to the thing that he didn't give me because he gave us a lot in that interview, but the deadline he wasn't going to touch. And I understand why it's not something that he can really control, though I do think that if he were to speak up, maybe the Oilers would listen a little bit uh, to their captain. What, what do you think the Oilers do here at the deadline? Well, you know, the, the Oilers are interesting because they're not 1D away, but 2D away. But if the, let's say they were able to get 2D, that Pacific division is soft enough that they can go on a run. And, you know, you saw last year they make it to the Western Conference final. If they're able to make an addition or two, you can't tell me that they're massive underdogs against anyone in the West. The top two teams in the in the Western divisions are, what do we got, Dallas and Vegas. You know, the, the Edmonton Oilers plus... I don't know, Joel Edmondson and whoever else, maybe it is a Chikrin or whoever, you give them a D or two, preferably two, I'm taking the Oilers against either of those teams because of McDavid, because mm. of Dreisaitl, because they'll get Kane back as Hyman has become an elite creator, unbelievably, in Edmonton. So it, it just, they're too good to let these years pass by with a prime of superstars uh, and, and how soft their, their conference is. I'm, I'm with you on that, uh, 100%. And I was listening to Real Kipper and Bourne on the way to work to as I often do and I uh, I heard 
Kipper talk about his story about Jake Muzzin in the Toronto Star today, and it opened up uh, the idea that the Toronto Maple Leafs, if he doesn't play, and we wish he could be back, and obviously uh, the thoughts with him moving forward if it is the end of his career, but it would open up over $5 million in cap space for a Leafs team. Where do you think they go with that if, in fact, that is the case and they have that cap money to spend? You know, it's a really tough spot because if you look by expected goals or goals against per game, the Leafs are a top team in the NHL. So, you know, I think I see a lot of people on hockey Twitter saying, boy, the Leafs don't need another defenseman. The problem is that in game sevens in the past, their offense has dried up. And quite frankly, without Austin Matthews watching them against Nashville, you know, the goal scoring depth does feel like it dries up pretty quick. So there's a case to be made that the most pressing need is to add someone else who can provide offensive support up front. But I still look at this Leafs team and say the third pair is currently constructed as Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren. And I don't know that I'm hyper confident in them defending the front of the net against Tampa Bay's fourth line of Maroon and Perry and Belmar. You know, they, it's a bigger, more physical game in the postseason. And so while I love Sandin and Lilligren and, and the steps they've taken this season yeah. for Toronto, you just can't convince me that they don't need help on the back end. Uh, less than a minute remaining in our segment. Uh, one minute remaining. Let me ask you this. Have we hit the load management era in the National Hockey League? Yeah, you just can't say it out loud. Now, <laughs> yeah. now guys have nagging injuries, and TJ Brody needs a sec, and Austin Matthews needs a sec. It's almost like hockey fans have looked down their nose for so long, like, oh, look what the NBA is doing. We can't admit it, but you know, Toronto's locked into a first-round playoff series against Tampa Bay. There's half the season to go. I would love, for Sportsnet's sake, to sell you on how, you know, the great drama down the stretch here, but it's real tough to see any other outcome. So, sure, if a guy has a little tweak here and there, give him a couple of games. That's why, you know, I don't think we're going to see Austin Matthews tonight, you know, whether he could play or not. It's, there's no sense to rush anyone back from anything. This is going to be the NHL's version of load management is nagging injuries. Yeah, and listen, they've earned that right. Like, if you're in the play playoffs and you feel comfortable in your spot to me you've earned the right to do it I get why fans would be mad if they paid their ticket and maybe if they're going to do it they should think like the NBA does and do it on the road right (laughs) but I understand a little bit more than most people do and I guarantee you there's a lot of sick league big tough hockey guys that will never admit this and say it out loud won't go over well in letter Kenny (laughs) no will not at all (laughs) Uh, thanks Bourne always great talking hockey with you yeah thank you Tim all right there is uh, Justin Bourne you can see him as a part of our our coverage tonight because we've got the Canucks and the Lightning regionally 7 p.m. Eastern 4 Pacific and the Flames and the Blues also regional that's an 8 p.m. start time 6 local in Calgary. Time for one last break. We'll get to game time, including a trip to the rink with Ryan Leslie in St. Louis. Who? Next. Ryan Lewis in St. Louis. Right. There you go. Next. Here at Tim and Friends, we hope that your game day always starts with us, and here's what's happening on the network tonight. Busy one right now. Sportsnet Eastern Ontario draw 11 from the Co-op Canadian Open. And Grand Slam Curling draw 12 later on the network as well. Canucks and Lightning coming up regionally. Sportsnet Pacific, Kraken Bruins on 360. Flames and Blues later on Sportsnet West regionally. And we'll talk about that in a flash. The Raptors and the Hornets coming up on Sportsnet 1. Lots going in, going on on the network tonight. So why don't we focus in on a couple of those games, beginning with 
the Toronto Raptors, right. who are in action, as you said, against the Hornets, looking to complete the two-game mini-sweep. Pascal Siakam had 28 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists in Tuesday's victory. He's one of just three players in the NBA to average more than 28 points, 8 boards, and 6 times per game this season. Siakam is currently 6th among Eastern Conference forwards in All-Star voting behind Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, and Jimmy Butler. All good players, but there's no way he's not going to Salt Lake City, right? No, he's not just an all-star this year. Uh, knock on wood, stay healthy. He's all NBA again this year and capable of signing a Supermax contract. So, uh, Raptor fans, don't worry too much. I understand there are some very popular players mm -hmm. and some very good players in the front court in the Eastern Conference that won't allow him to be uh, a starter. Yeah. But he's going to the all-star game. Yeah. Sure, and he's going to be an all-NBA selection. Again, remember when they tried to chase him out of town. Yeah, feels like forever ago. Yeah. All right, like the Raptors, the Calgary Flames will play their second straight game against the same opponent tonight in St. Louis after losing 4-3 in OT on Tuesday. Ryan Leslie standing by live at the Enterprise Center with more on tonight's game. Uh, Ryan Lewis in St. Leslie or Ryan Leslie in St. Louis. Take it away, my friend. Uh, you're a wordsmith, Timmy. You're a wordsmith. But yes, the uh, Flames getting set to try to get this thing back on track. Uh, they're coming up with a couple of different ways on this road trip to lose. Heartbreaking fashion. You lose to the Chicago Blackhawks. Not good at all, but you do get the point. So then you look at St. Louis and uh, you're up 3-1 and all of a sudden it all uh, falls apart and suddenly you lose that one in overtime. And uh, it's just not the way they draw it up. They're an inconsistent group, to be sure. They're going to go back with the same lineup. However, they are going to switch things up in net. That means Dan Vladar will draw back in. He'll go up against Thomas Grice in a battle of the backups, Tim. But certainly, um, you know, this is St. Louis Blues team that is looking to get things rolling at home. And they look like they may have turned a corner as well. And certainly, this is a team that has been decimated with injuries the Blues have. So it's impressive that they were able to battle back the way they did, led by Robert Thomas, who's just been sensational of late. He and J Jordan Cairo leading the way for St. Louis. But for Calgary, they've got to try and find some way to get that offense, get it off to a better start, not surrender an early goal like they've been doing, and find a way to put the pedal down in the third period and maybe stay away from overtime because they're just two and six in the extra frame. Understood. Uh, I got to bring up an Eric Francis tweet that I, I follow diligently on Twitter and uh, the tweet with uh, Snoop by the way as his avatar I uh, just ran into Daryl Sutter and asked what a fellow like him did on a beautiful day off in St. Louis yesterday the quote is took the crew to see the Budweiser Clydesdales amazing Francis followed with I did not see that coming uh, Ryan Leslie I absolutely positively saw that coming if you asked me what Sutter would do on an off day in St. Louis, seeing the Budweiser Clydesdales would probably be in my top three. Yes, I'm with you. Uh, no surprise that Eric didn't see it coming. He sure is pretty, though, isn't he? Um, but the reality is uh, Daryl is a horseman. He would go check out the Clydesdale. And when you're in St. Louis, you do that, and you combine Anheuser-Busch with it, and it all makes perfect sense. But we will have Eric in between periods for some reason, and hopefully he can shed a little bit more insight other than what we saw earlier in his tweets. But no surprise, a couple of staff members with Daryl. Right. And uh, a nice day to go check out the brewery. Uh, I, however, was not invited and missed the Clydesdales. Understood. Uh, maybe you can go see him uh, on another off day, although judging by uh, your social media, 
you were busy as well. Thank you, Mr. Leslie. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> There's Ryan Leslie. So sharp. Very witty. <laughs> very, very oh, witty. I always have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jacob Pelche, not in the lineup for the, the Flames yes. tonight. Um, we've seen several players make their, their NHL debuts over the last couple of weeks. Just last night, we had yep. some DeHarnay with the Oilers yep. and Bobby McMahon with the Leafs, obviously. So mm -hmm. why isn't Jacob Pelche getting a shot? Uh, I'm going to read you a stat that I believe to be the answer to the question that you are okay. asking me. Okay. The Flames have only used four skaters aged 25 or younger this season versus 21 skaters aged 26 and older. That is the second most in the National Hockey League. Has the aforementioned Clydesdale watcher got a little bit of uh, maybe bias towards an older, more experienced player? Doesn't have time for the kids. Yeah, doesn't have time to train, make sure that the kids are up to his level of hockey, which we know is very, very precise and to the point. Um, listen, I think there's a lot of fans that just want to see if this kid's got something. Totally. And given the way they've played so far, why not give it a shot? You used a first-round pick on him. We saw him play at the World Juniors. Like, give the kid a shot. It's a team that I know they've gotten points in, in a lot. They've had a good sort of stretch the last oh, little while. A lot of them are loser points. A lot of them are loser points, but they have. But yeah, they're a team that you think could use a shot in the arm as we get here into 2023. So. And they've also had like I mean, shot. listen. Daryl Sutter hockey isn't no uh, most losses via a blown lead this year, which they are second in the National Hockey League. Vancouver. Want to play a little trivia? Vancouver? No. What? No. Vancouver's are blown multi-goal leads. Just blown worse. leads. San Jose Sharks, wow, 18, yeah. way more than anybody else. Boring answer. <laughs> all right, it's a matchup of You're two of the hottest teams in the NHL on Sportsnet 360. That's also true. Is the Bruins host Canucks the Seattle Kraken? Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Boston is currently on a 14-game point streak ho-hum, while the Kraken have started the new year with six straight wins. And the last five of them on the road. Seattle is currently in third place in the Pacific Division. Do they seem like a playoff team to you? And yes, we know you bet on Maddie Veneers for rookie, rookie of the year. year. Yeah. And it's looking pretty good at yeah. this point. There's Veneers. She's guys! Yeah. Maddie Veneers with the mic. He's good. Uh, that's the team that you expect to fall off as I drop my pen. The one thing that they do so well is score goals. And they do it with a multitude of different guys. I think, and I may be wrong on this because I was looking at the stat a couple days ago, but their leading score is the second lowest to lead a team in scoring in all of the National Hockey League. Mm -hmm. And yet, when you look at the goals that they put on, they're top five in the National Hockey League. So everyone is scoring, on, everyone is contributing. I just don't know if they defend well enough to make it last, to make it sustainable. But right now, young team on a high, like, this has been a nice stretch for them. That's, it's so interesting, just the, the makeup of a roster and who scores and how you can get it done in different ways, right? Well, right now, it's everyone's looking at the superstars, this, yeah. that, and the other, and this is a balanced scoring team that we haven't seen in a long time. And we all know in the playoffs, you need balanced scoring. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of crazy. It's kind of bucking the trend. Just let the lines roll. Guys don't get as tired. It's a lot more physical in the playoffs. Guys stay interested and it's engaged. It's going to be a team to follow. And, feel like and the Bruins also never them. lose, ever. Ever. You, asked me, you asked me if the Leafs were the best team in the league, and I said, yes, this was like last week. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's just flat out wrong. Like, obviously, they're having a great year, but the Bruins never lose. It is possible. That does it for us. <laughs> Hockey Central, Carolyn Cameron, Justin Bourne, Sarah Nurse coming up next. Sportsnet West and Sportsnet 360. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hopefully.